On this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about acceleration training. And when we're talking about acceleration training, I'm not going to do a very just detailed, descriptive breakdown on this is how you accelerate faster. I actually tried that. I re-listened to it. I'm like, ah, this is boring. This is not what I want to do. It, it doesn't catch enough attention. There's not enough points in here in the beginning. And later on, the episode gets a lot better. But I'm going to change this up a little bit. When we're talking about acceleration, I'm going to talk about cueing and concepts that are important, that are more fun, that are easy to digest. I'll talk about some stories that, I, that I've been involved with over the years when it comes to the sprinting or just getting an athlete faster and keep this more on the fun end and just the, the keynotes of acceleration, not just painting a picture and this is how you run faster. This is what you need to do. If you want more of the detail breakdown, there's actually a YouTube video that I posted about this. That's really good. It shows lines of force. It's, it's a good video to sit down and watch because you can visually see what I'm talking about. And that's on our YouTube channel. It's edge trained on YouTube. It's a great video. Go watch it. The beginning of this, when we're talking about acceleration, acceleration overall is is essentially your zero to full speed as fast as you can, getting up to speed. But when we when we talk about acceleration, we also have to talk about top end speed and sprinting overall. I don't think a lot of athletes know this unless they're in a sports performance setting, and I don't know if a lot of sports performance coaches break this down. But when you look at sprinting or accelerating versus top end speed, if you're to run fifty yards. That first initial phase, you're in acceleration phase, you're gaining speed. And then when you get up to speed, you're in a, in a concept called top end speed. Those two portions of a sprint, the mechanics are actually slightly different. When you're in an acceleration phase, you're more at an angle, you're trying to drive forward, the legs are moving a little bit differently versus when you get up to speed, your legs are going to be becoming more cyclic. You're going to be more upright. And the mechanics are definitely different. And it's important to note that in the beginning because a lot of people don't know about it. But it'll, it'll kind of go through the, the rest of this episode, and that is a big thing that I break down in that video. Go watch that video, that video after this episode. Trust me, it'll help out a ton. But from that, if you look at acceleration, if you look at top-end speed, a lot of athletes kind of hit in the middle ground when they're sprinting. They're not insanely efficient accelerating, or they're not insanely efficient at top-end speed. There's definitely things that can be worked on there. Uh, as far as the mechanics go and being as efficient as possible. And we're not going to talk about the top end speed here as much. We'll definitely talk more about the acceleration. Acceleration. What do you need to do to get faster? What are things you need to work on? First thing is mechanics. We'll do a decent amount of mechanical mechanical concepts here in queuing. And then your strength. And then if you want to run fast, you need to run fast. Mechanics. The first thing that I like to teach, I think this is really, it's a really easy visual that you can use immediately when it comes to acceleration training. And I don't know if... I know Tony kind of started off with with using these the, the, this concept, the five B's of acceleration. Then I kind of added to it a little bit. I don't know if this is actually mine or where he got it from. But the five B's, the first one is break the glass. And what that means is think that you have a piece of glass that's sticking out of the waistband of your shorts. When your knee comes up, you want to try to break that glass, which means A, your, your knee has to come up to that height, and B, it needs to come up with force. Then you need to break the ground. That's the second B here. If you break the glass and break the ground, you're going to be doing a big movement, third B, a big movement over a short period of time. The bigger the movement you can do optimally, you're going to be able to produce maximal force into the ground. We're looking for ground force production because that's really where you're going to get the speed is when you're putting force in the ground and driving forward. And when we put force in the ground, we want to put force in the ground on the ball of the foot. That's the fourth B here. And then once that foot hits the ground, we want that foot to bounce off the ground. Five B's overall are going to allow us to optimize our anatomy to be able to drive forward and mechanically be as efficient as possible. Break the glass, break the floor, big movement over a short period of time, hit on the ball of the foot, and bounce that foot off the ground. And this 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 goes into some other analogies, and you can use this just by recording yourself. Am my knees getting up big enough? Am I spending too much time on the ground? And the other analogy here is punching someone versus smacking someone. 
if I were to punch you or smack you, which one's going to hurt more? A punch is. But why does a punch hurt more? A punch hurts more because you're able to produce more force into the punch. A fist is a much smaller surface area than the palm of your hand. Smaller surface area allows you to produce more force into that point. When you're hitting the ground, if you have a hard fist or a soft fist or just hitting a wall, we'll say you're hitting a wall. If you're going to punch a wall, what's going to hurt more, a hard fist or a soft fist? A hard fist. Why, why, why is it, why is it you're going to be able to produce more force there? Because A, it's a, smaller, it's a smaller surface area, but B, it's harder, so you're able to produce more force into the wall. And this is the same thing you want to look at your foot. We want to make as much the smallest surface area that you possibly can. So we want to hit on the ball of the foot versus the entire foot. If you're hitting with the entire foot, you're more smacking at the ground versus punching the ground, and we can't produce as much force as we possibly can. And then once that foot hits the ground, essentially we want the foot to bounce off the ground because then the energy that you're putting in the ground is kind of coming back to you. And this is very layman's term of breaking this down, but I think it's easy to understand. That force into the ground comes back to you, and it's allowed to propel you forward. And you want to think about a trampoline here. If you were on a trampoline and you were bouncing up and down at the same height, so just bouncing up and down the same height, so you're producing the same force in the trampoline and coming off the ground at the same tempo, how do you go higher? You go higher by producing more force in the trampoline, so punching down harder, and you go higher. But how, do you, how, how would you slow yourself down? You can produce the same amount of force but spend more time on the trampoline. You won't go as high. And that's the same thing with the foot. We're going to produce as much force in the ground, but if we spend too much time on the ground, not bouncing as much, then more force is going to stay in the ground. And we're not going to be able to drive as much forward. So we're, you look at those three. It really just that's like the easiest way. And in like a three, two, three minute span here, I can break down acceleration mechanics. You do those things, you're able to go as fast as you possibly can. You'll be able to able to optimize those mechanics to run fast. And, and there's other little details in there, like your arms. Your arms should be about 90 degrees. Everything should be moving forward, backward, in a nice straight line. If you're going side to side too often, you're wasting energy. You want to keep everything nice and square. You're getting those knees up the glass, down on the ground. But that's relatively it. It's not. That's not super difficult, and it, it takes time to get through to learn those patterns. Or there's several drills to work on those concepts. But that's really it. You just, that, that's the acceleration mechanical concepts. You just work on those. Boom, you get faster. Going back to the punch and the smack, this is kind of the last thing I'll talk about mechanics here, and then we'll we'll go over the strength and some other stories. But if but let's go back to the wall. If I were really close to the wall and I was going to punch a wall. Versus if I was further away, which one can I produce more force or how, how, which one's going to be able to allow me to hit the wall harder? Obviously, if I'm further back, but there's a range to that. When we talk about getting your knees up, you'll hear coaches say, get your knees up, get your knees up. Well, what's the range there? Because you can actually pick your knees up too high and you're not going to be able to run as fast as you can. We're almost doing like a high knee chop and a run versus actually sprinting. And the same thing with punching wall. If you go back too far, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to optimize that punch, especially if you're, you know, there's more rotational concepts in there as well. But if you're not able to rotate, if you have to stay square and punch the wall, if you pull back too far, you're not going to be able to punch the wall very hard. There's a range there. Again, that glass, that glass of the waistband of the shorts when it comes to mechanics. Strength training. I'm not going to get into a ton of detail on the strength training. When it comes to strength training, especially for a youth athlete, it's just about consistently doing the work. Squats, deadlift. It's not pretty. There's there's nothing. There's not a ton of uh, flashy things you really need to do. You know, you can do some box jumps. You can do some power components. It's squats, deadlift, upper body, lower body. Consistently do it over time. Learn the movement well. Make sure you're doing the movement well. Not going too heavy and just consistency over time. That it's a supplement to your speed training in order to get faster. Obviously, as you get older, you can and you have more of a training age behind you of lifting weights. You can get more into getting more details on things you can work on or 
or, or taking the reps up, reps lower and going a little bit heavier. It just depends on your age, your training age, and, and your experience with lifting. And I'm not, like I said, not going to get into a lot of that, but it is really important if you want to get faster. You still definitely need to work on your strength. If you had an athlete's about the same speed and you had one just do mechanics and work on sprinting versus an athlete that's doing the sprinting mechanics and the strength, I would say the guy doing the strength is probably going to be a little bit faster uh, at the end of a, like a, a three-month training session. I don't know if Mike Boyle was the one that, that coined this term. Mike Boyle is, if you don't know who Mike Boyle is, he's kind of considered the godfather of sports performance training. There's a, he has a lot of good stuff on his, his Instagram. He posts, up, I think he has online or online training concepts as well, but very respected coach in the sports performance industry. Mike Boyle always talks about if you want to run fast, you need to run fast. And I know a lot of my athletes heard me say this way too often, but it's really the truth of it. If you're working on your mechanics, you're doing your strength training, at the end of the day, if you're not trying to run faster, if you're not actually working on speed training, if you're just playing your sport or, or not really doing that supplement speed training on the side, you're probably not going to be able to get as fast as you possibly can. That's not saying you have to do sports for much training, but when you're more in the offseason, it helps to work on these components. If you want to run fast, you need to run fast. And I'm going to use baseball in this because it goes across the board in some of the other analogies here. When you look at a baseball athlete, Let's say they're a little bit younger, they're working on mechanics when they're younger, and then after they start working on mechanics, they start doing a little bit of strength training, but how are they going to be able to throw the ball faster? How do they throw the ball faster is they have to try to throw the ball faster, and it sounds ridiculous, but if you're never trying to throw the ball faster or over an extended period of time or in practices, then you're not going to be optimizing that component. But then there's also little 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 caveats in there. And there's definitely a difference between how how often and how consistently can you throw a ball hard because of shoulder health versus actually running. But when you look at these two concepts side by side, I like to look at sprinting in this sense. If I were to put a a, a truck in front of you and I would I told you to push the truck ten yards as fast as you possibly can, and it takes you fifteen seconds the first time, and then I give you a fifteen second rest, do it again push it as far as you can. The second time, you're probably going to take you 30 seconds. And then I was like, do it again 15 seconds later. And it's going to take you a lot. And then progressively, let's say we do that 10 times. You're going to get really, really slow with those short breaks. Versus if I already told you to push a truck, and instead of giving you a 15-second break, I give you a minute to minute and a half break. The second time you push the truck, it's going to be faster than the second time you push the truck the first time. And over the 10 times you do it, overall, you're going to have faster times. Now, obviously, pushing a truck is is more exhausting than actually sprinting but what to take note from here it goes to the baseball and sprinting overall is when you're doing speed training you don't you have you can't do 50 reps you gotta you gotta try to optimize your reps take your breaks in between and run as fast as you can with working on mechanics and we use this in the gym the sense of using a laser timer we'll set up a laser timer 10 yards apart we'll have the athletes come in they get two attempts in the beginning of the day to try to beat their time previously Two attempts, come in, try to beat that time. And then we'll do some drills. We'll maybe do some drag sleds. We might do some sled pushes. We're taking breaks in between sets, and then we'll come back to the laser. When they come back to the laser, let's see if you can beat your time. And what you'll get from this is a more seasoned athlete or an older athlete that's been working on mechanics or just over, over older overall, they're probably going to have better times in the beginning of doing this versus a younger athlete. They're probably going to do better later on. It, it kind of depends depending on their, again, their training age or their age overall. And the reason for this is because this more seasoned athlete it knows they're 100%. They know how to go at 100% speed. So in the beginning, they, they do have really good runs, but then later on, they're starting getting fatigued depending on what else we're doing. So they're not going to be able to beat that time unless they just have a really good smooth run on that 10 yards because it is a really short distance to run versus a youth athlete. 
they're learning how to move better, but then they're also learning, I can go faster. How do I go faster? Hit the ground hard, get the foot off the ground quicker. And they'll have better runs, probably more so at the end, especially if they're newer to it. And because I'm, you know, I, I, as a coach, I might be hyping them up. I might be teaching little details here and there. You need to hit the ground hard, get the foot off here, work your arms here, make sure you're staying at your angle for as long as possible. Boom, they get a better run at the end. And that's just learning your 100%. If you don't do speed training or you haven't gone out and, and been tested on your speed training, how fast can you really go? How do you optimize that that, that sprinting? I think it's, it's really important to know. Youth versus older, what is your 100%? Are you run fast? You need to run fast. A couple, I'm going to do two more stories here, not necessarily stories, but just components that I think that just, I just find interesting. I've talked to several athletes about this, uh, when it comes to acceleration overall, and this one's more of a story to, to, to get, kind of bring everything together. I had a coach call me once uh, and the coach wanted to get his athletes in and do forties. It's like, okay. And I didn't train these athletes. I have a laser timer. We have the field outside and we're able to, to set up forties pretty easily and actually do official times in a laser. They come in, they do a good warm up. They're ready to go. There was a bigger athlete that was a freshman at the time. He was six foot plus, probably like six three, six four, definitely over two hundred pounds. He was a big guy for his age. He takes off on his first sprint. Watching him do his sprint, there's a lot of heel contact going on initially. When he gets later on in the run, there was a ton of heel contact. He's moving at a pretty high rate. He had a pretty decent time. And I look at my athletes that were next to me because a couple of my athletes were hanging around watching. I was like, this guy's gonna pull his hamstring. I'm like, what? I was like, oh no. So I was I, in my head, I'm like, should I say something to this guy? I don't, is it going to change anything? Did, uh, what, what should we do in this situation? I really didn't say anything to him. It, was, it wasn't my athlete. I don't, in hindsight, it's like maybe I should have said something to him. Second run, I kid you not, pulls his hamstring about three-fourths of the way of the run. And to take note from that is not that I was correct in the situation, but just mechanics overall, how important are they? They're, they're really important not only in the sense of being faster, but they're also important in the sense of preventing injury whether it's chronic or acute. So that would be more of an acute injury because he pulled his hamstring in the run. But chronic injuries can come up from running improperly as well. If you look like a field hockey athlete, why do they ramp it with shin splints? It's because the way their their, their sport forces them to run, staying more on their heel because they're staying lower than the ground with the stick. Or if you're looking at a, a soccer athlete, there's a ball at their feet all the time. So it kind of messes up their, their running mechanics because they have to move the ball at their feet. Whatever it is, mechanics are important for injury prevention and speed overall. And this goes in the next thing, uh, and this goes back to Mike Boyle as well. Mike Boyle will post videos on his Instagram and it'll be a, an athlete sprinting a flying 10 or just a, a sprint on a laser and he'll post up, oh, she had a better time or he had a better time. And then the comment section is just littered with negative comments. Her mechanics are terrible, this, that, and the other. And Mike responds very well, I think. And I, I can agree with him on a lot of stuff he talks about. He responds with, this athlete is, let's say, 16 years old. They've been running for 12, 13, 14 years, whenever they started sprinting or just like running overall or moving, you know, being on both feet, it's hard to take out habits or patterns that they have. Mechanically, we're working on stuff, guys. We're, we're trying to clean up some of our mechanics. When we're doing training sessions, he's only training twice a week. I have her for three months. How much can we change the, how much can we alter these mechanics in a short span of time? But optimally, we're trying to increase her speed overall. It's that middle ground. If I have an athlete and I'm going to try to work on the mechanics, I'm trying to teach them this is what we're looking for. This is what you really need to do. Is it going to slow them down initially a little bit? Probably because they're not used to that mechanic, but then they go play their sport and they're practicing three to four hours a week and playing games on the weekend. That habit's hard to break, especially if you don't start when you're a little bit younger. So we need to work on running faster. And those are two, two things to take from those stories in the sense of 
mechanics, what's the range that we really need to be efficient as possible for injury prevention or just overall speed? How much can we actually change for an athlete if we're just hounding on mechanics over and over and over and over as a selling as a selling part of a business? It would take a lot of just like really slow reps and wall drills and all these little things of just really trying to get that out of their, their, their motor control. Can it be broken? That's a question for a really big study to be done. How many reps does it take to break a, an issue of a motor pattern? I don't know. Just you got to run that line of working on mechanics and also being as fast as possible. If you look at an athlete like Cristiano Ronaldo in this, in this, on the same concept, Cristiano Ronaldo is very fast, but he actually they did a sports science breakdown on him of of his inefficiencies in running. He's very side to side with his arms. He's not as efficient as he possibly can when it comes to sprinting, but he's still a really fast athlete. Would you want to change Cristiano Ronaldo's mechanics at a high level that he is, the age that he is? Could you change them? What what do you do? And from a sport, that's that that's a question that I don't have an answer to. Would you want to try to pull him back for an entire offseason to fix those mechanics? Would it make him faster? Or would he actually be able to break through those barriers? And, and when he gets in a game at full speed, he's not thinking about actually be able to use them. Or you look at an athlete like um, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest guys in the NFL. That dude's mechanics are crazy. But they call him the cheetah because he's that fast. Can you fix those mechanics and keep him efficient? Are those mechanics going to cause an injury over an extended period of time? I don't know. I would love to try to get Tyreek Hill and fix his mechanics. Would it make him any faster? I don't know. That is just a fun question for me. And if you don't know who, who Tyreek Hill is, I think it's a good good videos to go watch him on. The guy is insanely fast and blazing fast. The last thing I want to talk about, and then we'll we'll we'll, finish, we'll wrap this thing up here, is certain sports and sprinting. And I'm going to use volleyball for an example here, or acceleration overall. Volleyball is a great one because I have a good story about this. Do, should volleyball athletes sprint? And if you're not a volleyball athlete, listen to this because it, it's just, this isn't just about volleyball. It's just easy to use volleyball in this in this scenario. Volleyball athletes, should they sprint? If I were to take a volleyball athlete at the same age and take a soccer athlete and you were to make me bet money on who's going to be faster, I'm going to put money on the soccer athlete. Why? Because soccer athletes sprint more often. They're quick. But if I put a soccer athlete and I put them into a and I, I put them into, let's say, three months of, of skill training for volleyball, and they went and played a volleyball game, and, and their skill set was getting a little bit higher, are they going to be able to get to the ball? Probably. Yeah, because they're going to be quick. So when you're looking at volleyball athletes and sprinting, should volleyball athletes sprint, or should athletes that don't do as much sprinting in their sport do sprinting? Yes. If you look at a softball athlete as well. How often are they doing sprinting? Yeah, they sprint base to base or to the bag, but how often when they're in practices do they actually sprint at a higher rate? You need to. You got to supplement in. I have a volleyball team in right now. We work on speed training. We're doing 10-yard burst sprints because overall it's going to make them faster. And this is the last story I'll tell. And this goes right along with volleyball and what I'm talking about here. My fiance is a volleyball coach and she works with another coach that actually played at UofL. She played volleyball at UofL, but she didn't start playing volleyball until she was in high school. She, she mainly played basketball, and she was really good at basketball. She was quick because of basketball. She could jump well because of basketball. She picked up the skill set of volleyball later on, but she was able to play at a D1 level. And that's because of not necessarily cross-training, but because her ability to move quickly was just ingrained at a foundational level. So when she got to volleyball, it was really easy to transition as long as she learned the skill set. So when you're looking at athletes, you don't have to just all wait when it comes to acceleration training or just training overall. There's there's a foundational athletic ability. You want to try to bring that threshold up. If you're taking an athlete that's a volleyball athlete and you're just doing volleyball drills all the time, not only can you compound an injury in that situation, but you can get into the situation where you're not actually making them faster overall or faster and adaptable. If you look at an athlete and like what athletic really means, 
Athletic means whatever I throw at you, you can do well, you can do fast, you can adapt, and you can react to what's going on. And that's what you're really going to look at when it comes to sports performance training is that ability to be athletic, react to whatever's going on in the situation, reduce the risk of injury, and be faster. So to finish this off, if you want to run fast, work on your mechanics, do your strength training, and run fast.